Coming to you from the foot of the majestic Rocky Mountains, Denver, Colorado, it's the Savage Cast, a Savage Worlds podcast brought to you by the Rocky Mountain Savages. Here are your hosts, Chris Savage Mummy Fox and Christopher Savage Bull Landauer. Hail Savages and welcome to Savage Cast Episode 4, Do You Even Riffs Bro? We're your hosts, Christopher Savage Bull Landauer. And I'm the Savage Mommy, Chris Fox. In today's episode, we're going to bring you the much-anticipated Riffs interview to end all Riffs interviews with Sean Patrick Fannin, where he answered dozens of the questions you guys sent to us on all of our social media, and he's going to give you the most comprehensive information to date on Pinnacle's upcoming release, and it is upcoming, Kevin Simbita's much-loved mashup setting. But he's not going to give you the date. So right before we did the interview with Sean, we got to play in a demo game called Enter the Odd Squad. Uh, this was the, the second time I actually played it. This I actually played at it at Genghis Khan here in Denver. Played a different character this time, and Sean had changed some things. So he kind of still kept me on my toes, but it was a lot of fun. It was very much a mashup of different characters from different Savage settings. But it, it was a lot of fun. Felt like riffs. I enjoyed it. I've only played Riffs one time, so you know I had to go out and do some research about what Riffs was all about, but it was fun. I really enjoyed it. So what did you think of the game? It felt like Savage Worlds. It definitely felt like Savage Worlds kind of turned up to 11, which was fun. It definitely has that supers vibe to it where you can, you have very powerful characters. Uh, but I still thought it was very balanced. You know, Again, unlike you, I'm coming to this more from the Savage World side than the Rift side. But two of the players who were at the table with us were coming from the opposite. They were Rift's players and not necessarily Savage World's players. And they felt that the game ran like Rift's. And it gave them the Rift's red meat they wanted. And I think it gave me the Savage World's feel I wanted. We will probably bring you that actual play in the future. Sometime, at some point, and I really liked it. I mean, everyone at the table had a good time. A lot of the questions I've seen people bring up uh, about how does Rift's going to play in Savage Worlds, I think, are going to be satisfactorily answered by this this outing. Very much so. And Sean was, you know, Sean, you could kind of see when, when the two guys who were Rift's players told him it feels like Rift's, you could just see kind of the smile uh, on his face and it's like, oh, shoo, we did it. <laughs> Yeah, you can tell from our interview why SPF got picked to be the guy to bring Rifts to Savage Worlds. I think that relationship between Pinnacle and Kevin and then all the parties involved, I think that's going to shine through in the product. So I think it is too. Yeah, and so on another note, something uh, that Chris and I did that was kind of fun is we were on the Savage Bloggers Network Hangout Live on Air with Christian Serrano and Ron Blessing. Great guys. About a week ago last week sometime. Uh, if you happen to miss that, you can go to their YouTube channel and watch that live broadcast. Well, not live anymore, of course, but uh, or you can listen to it as an audio podcast from their podcast feed. We'll have links in our webpage and on our social media. We talked a lot about the roots of Savage Cast, why we're doing this, the history behind the Rocky Mountain Savages. We talked a little bit about the state of the various Savage Worlds podcasts that are out there talked about a few of the new ones and things like that. And it, it was a lot of fun. We actually ran longer than Christian had planned on because Savage Bull and Savage Mommy, we love to talk. and Yeah, we do. We talked and talked and talked. 
Yeah, if we didn't have to run uh, off to our regular life appointments, uh, we could stay and talk with those guys some more. So at some point, we'll have to have them back on our show so you guys get to meet them. If you're not already a big fans of Ron Blessing and Christian Serrano, which you should be, I think that the, the gauntlet's been laid down. Some people think that Christian Serrano has the most velvety voice in Savage Worlds podcasting. I don't know. I'm kind of biased towards our own Derek Johnson as the most melodious speaking Savage Worlds podcaster. So maybe we'll have the velvety voiced Savage podcast showdown. Yeah, we'll have, uh, I think I called it a velvet voice off. Yes, the velvet voice off. Derek is the, the voice you hear that does our intro for Savage Cast. So give that a listen. Go listen to one of uh, Christian's podcasts and let us know on social media who has the velvetiest voice and, and we'll get them both on here and, and let them have that voice off. Yes, that, that'll be the actual most important voting election of this year is Serrano versus Johnson. That's right. There's nothing else important going on in the world. This is what you want to pay your uh, pay attention to. <laughs> and speaking of awesome people we've had on the show or had us on their show, the guys behind Olympus Inc. We titled our episode, The Corporate Gods Are Petty and Cruel, and we nailed it. A Kickstarter has yet to clarify why they pulled the Olympus Inc. Kickstarter the first time around. Boo, Kickstarter. Yeah, boo, Kickstarter. Come on, guys, really? So they're not approving the relaunch yet, and so to not get waiting in limbo to bring you this awesome product... Charles White and the guys at Fabled Environments are going to jump ship and bring you Olympus Inc. on Indiegogo platform. So what do you think about that, Chris? I think it's a good idea. I think Charles has done everything he can do to make things right with Kickstarter, to do this properly after the first time that they had the issue. You know, he was excited, ready to launch, and then basically gets punched in the gut again, what, two days before the relaunch, saying, sorry, we're not approving this. Yeah, and it's all like form letters. It's not even a, a real person or anything like specific. It's just right. a stupid form letter. Right, no explanation. And Charles has been very upfront and very transparent about this whole situation. So if you guys were going to back this on Kickstarter, back it on Indiegogo. The whole mess makes me think a lot less of Kickstarter and a lot more of the guys and gals of Fabled Environments. You know, I, I think Indiegogo might be um, second fiddle to Kickstarter in terms of market share. But if Kickstarter is going to be so opaque and kind of you know capricious in their you know design choices, may as well support some of the competition with being able to. I mean, this is an RPG book. You know, like it's it's not even controversial. It's I mean. This is an established company. It's, and have you seen some of the stuff that Kickstarter approves? I, I know. It's ridiculous. So that's what I don't get. Is is I, Some people online think that it might be the ink in Olympus Inc. might be confusing Kickstarter's like autobots that just go through and filter out keywords. And that you know, this isn't starting a new real corporation, people. It's, it's an RPG game. And, of course, all of our listeners know that. But you know, if Kickstarter doesn't even have the quality control to be able to green light a book from a company that publishes books and has done so wonderfully for years. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm questioning, you know, their quality control measures. So definitely guys jump on Indiegogo, find Olympus Inc. They, they told us just minutes ago that they are going to look to get that started and then launch that very soon. And it'll, we'll put it up on all of our social media. It'll be on our website. We'll, we'll get it up on G plus. We'll tweet it out. We'll do, uh, everything we can once that's up and running to let people know. 
Let's take a couple minutes and, and talk about sightings and news that we've seen from the Savage Sphere. Things up and coming. Uh, so Weird Wars 1 is going full bore. They've got a new adventure up on the Pinnacle main page called Raid on Fort uh, Duamont. I probably said that wrong, but uh, that's all right. They've put up GM screen inserts. These are for that trifold GM screen. You print those out. You just put those inserts in. They always have really cool artwork that you can put on the, the front side for your players to look at. I use those for every every campaign that they have them for. I get them and use them. They're awesome. Yeah, they're a great device that lets the GM look like you just know all of the rules all the time. Yeah, because it's all the setting specific stuff you're going to want to know. Yeah, and it's just right there for you. I usually roll my dice pretty publicly unless it's like a stealth check or something where I want to try to get some bennies out of players. Like, uh, do you, do you want to re-roll that? Are you sure you want to keep that five? Or you know, uh, But otherwise, I usually roll out front. But having those GM inserts is great to, um, again, just have that reference there for you for the setting rules that aren't as, as universal, so you might not be as universally familiar with them. Or just the, the stuff that you only have to look up once a game or twice a game exactly. or you know, every couple games. It's all right there for you. Well so. worth getting. It is. Uh, the other thing, uh, they're offering a pre-order bundle at the Pinnacle Store. And also the Player's Guide, War Master's Handbook are on being discounted at Drive Through RPG uh, and RPG Now. The combat maps are also available there. So Weird War 1, going like gangbusters. Good stuff. The next thing is uh, our friends at Melorvia. They're expanding their accursed setting with the very last PDF in their World of Morden series. It's called Accursed Bone and Barrow. Those guys are really busy. You talk about a, a setting that that's getting supported. There's no lack of support for accursed, and that's excellent because so many of these things. Well, I don't. I don't know if I want to say so many, but a lot of these, you get these smaller companies they put out one or two things and then you just don't see anything the guys putting out a cursor are not doing that yeah and they're really they're, they're busy working on riffs there's a supers campaign that they're helping bring out there and those guys are probably getting carpal tunnel as we speak from uh, all this awesome stuff that they are rolling out yep. regularly writing light writing like crazy yeah, another cool thing that's finally made its way to Drive Through RPG. There was a Kickstarter, another case of a Kickstarter that they, you know Kickstarter wasn't so hot on, um, but it's finally in print. You can get it at Drive Through RPG. Is um, Gunmetal Games Codex Infernus: The Savage Guide to Hell. Um, it's on now for fourteen ninety nine, and this thing is very cool. It's kind of like this omnibus book that's got a bunch of information for both GMs and players. Of course, being a Savage Worlds product, it gives you the new edges everybody always loves. Some more arcane backgrounds, statted up some demonic races. And then um, some other cool stuff, um, crunch-wise, guidelines for creating weapons, whether they're angelic or hell-forged. Uh, how to bless items, even if you are not don't have an arcane background. For GMs, how to create cults for use in your games. Uh, for players, how demonic possession works and uh, how to make packs with the devil. And then a very cool gazetteer and um, collection of historical information about the history of hell from various cultures all the way back to the Babylonians and all the way forward. So that's definitely if you want to bring some horror or some hell stuff into your games, that's definitely one to pick up. 
Yeah, one of my uh, players, and he actually plays in two of my games, he actually has one of his drawings of a demon in that book. Awesome. Look at everybody getting their stuff out there. I, yeah. I just love the Savage Worlds community. I mean, people we know are getting published with content, with art. Very cool. So, yeah, support Chris Fox's friend and look at Ogle, his <laughs> beautiful demonic art, and uh, pick that one up. Yeah, so we mentioned uh, – we've talked about these two guys a couple times already today. Ross Watson and Sean Patrick Fannin of Evil Beagle Games have – along with Sasquatch Game Studio, a PDF out called uh, Primeval Thule Campaign. It's a sword and sorcery campaign setting that's been redesigned for Savage Worlds. That's also out at RPG Now and Drive Through RPG. So uh, go check that out. You know, those guys aren't busy enough as it is. So just one more thing that you can go check out that they've had their hand in. Yeah, if the, if the traditional monsters weren't enough, if rifts weren't enough... If you want to get some Conan-flavored goodness in your Savage Worlds game, Thule campaign setting is pretty much deliver what you're hungry for. It's 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 Conan with some serial numbers filed off. If you want those goods, and I, I know tons of people do because Conan is awesome. So if, if you want some lamentation of women and having your enemies driven before you, Thule is where to pick it up. And... If you want a little more modern fun... I say, and there's more. There is more. I, I, almost, I almost forgot about it. No, you forget about it. You forget about it. The guys over at Just Insert Imagination have a pay what you want. And this is awesome. So you can throw them a dollar or five or 20, whatever. Uh, make them an offer they can't refuse. They just put out a Las Vegas setting, 1968 mob meets road movie pamphlet one-shot setting and it's called forget about it yeah it's actually really cool i bought it is the the day it came out threw my money at them bought it what's the what's the coolest about this thing is that everything you need to run the adventure is gm screen inserts for that same gm screen that i mentioned earlier you can take this throw it into your gm screen great for a con game Great to have with you if you're at a convention and, and a game gets canceled and you want to step up and be that guy who can run something quick and on the fly for some folks. Forget about it. It's going to do that for you. It's got pre-generated characters, all kinds of, of hooks and ideas to make it a little bit longer adventure. So go check it out. It's uh, going to be well worth whatever you want to give them. That should be fun. I mean, you can never get enough mafioso content. You, know, you, you can kind of get a little bit in Deadlands Noir from the, like, the Prohibition era with a little weirdness. This is a great 1968 set for Vegas. You know, the Savages just talked about, hey, guys, what, you know, let's do a mafioso setting. Maybe we'll, you know, set that in, you know, the little more modern, maybe do, um, uh, Goodfellas, or maybe even a little even more modern than that, and do some Sopranos kind of era mafioso. But mob games are fun and uh, definitely pulpy. So this is this is a easy purchase. Uh, pay what you want, get some mob I in your life, make them an offer they can't refuse. Do it now, and uh, we'll be happy. So let me ask you something: Have you been uh, to the Peg Main website in the past couple days? Uh, yeah, they're boasting some brand new art up in their, their banner that's really kind of cool. Yeah, not exactly sure what it is. There's like this odd bluish tinted line and this big hole with somebody coming out of it. Could totally not be a Leyline Walker and a Leyline. Or a Rift. Maybe there's something going on with Peg. I hope everything's okay. 
yeah, I, I hope they get it back together. I mean, you know, portals to other dimensions are kind of dangerous things. I think what this is telling us is that our wait for this game may almost be over. So yeah, people, save your pennies now. It's like literally your last chance. Oh yeah, definitely. Save up your money, because and you're going to want to spend some money on it, I have a feeling. And speaking of some money, there is a way for you guys to toss us some change without you guys paying anything extra for it. Yeah, if you go to uh, any of the links that we're going to have on our website from now on uh, for any products that we've talked about are going to be affiliate links for DriveThruRPG. So what's that mean to someone if they click through the links there? Basically, if you guys click any of our links and buy anything after you've clicked on that link at DriveThruRPG, for no extra cost to you, they will kick us back in store credit a percentage of your purchase. So when you buy games, we get to buy some games, and then we'll tell you about the games that we buy, and then you can tell us about what you want us to talk about from the games that you bought. And the vicious cycle of people buying and playing role-playing games continues. So we can enable your habit, you can enable our habit, <laughs> exactly. and drive through RPG picks up the, the bill for it. Yeah, so what we'll do is we'll make those links into uh, affiliate links, and we'll also try to get a drive through RPG banner link on our site so that you can also use that if you don't specifically want to buy one of the things that we've talked about. If you click through that affiliate link, you know, even if you're going to buy something else, Savage Worlds, or something not Savage Worlds, uh, we would greatly appreciate it. it. It would help us out quite a bit and be able to have us keep talking about cool Savage Worlds things. And speaking of talking about cool Savage Worlds things, with only a short musical interlude between us and them, you and then, now and then, whatever it is, in a, just a short minute, we're going to bring you the ultimate Savage Worlds Riffs interview. So enjoy. If you live in a hole, Riffs is Kevin Zambita's multi-world, multi-genre, RPG, post-apocalyptic setting featuring cyberpunk, sci-fi, horror, fantasy, western, mythology, etc. Different worlds and realities are connected via Riffs, creating the megaverse. The core location is our Earth, but centuries from now, following a golden age of technological advancement, space exploration, and peace that is then shattered by an apocalyptic nuclear war, which unleashes mystic energy, ley line networks, and the return of Atlantis, and the opening of the rifts to other dimensions whose denizens then flood in. What? Yeah, so oh. basically the way I like to call it is now a post-apocalyptic post ultimate mashup world which has everything including a weaponized kitchen sink. That's my shorter version of that. <laughs> Excellent. So, Russell S. wants to know, how did you get Kevin to agree to convert Rifts to Savage Worlds because he's per he's famously protective of his game setting? So, I, I said at the very beginning, uh, you know, over a year ago, that I expected the two most popular questions to be that one and how we'll be handling Mega Damage. And it turned out I was right because they really are the two most popular questions. Here's the thing. It's going to sound ridiculous, but I just, I asked. Um, you know, that's the, the short answer. The, sh the longer answer is I was working for DriveThruRPG at the time, and you have to realize one of my superpowers uh, is I've been friends with everybody in this industry. Uh, I started back in 1988 working professionally. I did a book called The Fantasy Role-Playing Gamers Bible, which enabled me to interview and meet everyone and uh, made all these amazing connections. And I've always just been excited to be in the industry, very respectful. And I always try to treat everybody's 
work and their efforts with respect, even if I didn't particularly like a, a, a game system or something like that, I never tried to trash it. So anytime I did reviews, there were more overviews and tried to share. And People like him appreciated that, right? I, so I, I, I made the joke in the Finnish Role Playing Gamers Bible about this is the most popular game system nobody plays, which was not true, but it was kind of funny because a lot of people were trying to figure out how to play Rifts because it is a complex and involved game uh, as, it, as it is, but it has its fans and has since you know 1990. But the thing is, at the time I was working for uh, DriveThruRPG as their uh, marketing and, and communications manager for you know the sites and stuff, I was also involved in business development. And so Steve Wick and I had been trying to get Kevin to put his stuff up for PDF forever. And he had been just absolutely resistant. And I finally got him to agree. I came up to Michigan at the time I was living in uh, Tennessee. No, uh, you were living in Alabama. Was it? Was it was, was, were we, we were together. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. So I was living in Alabama, and Steve <laughs> covered the costs. I. Temporal knowledge is something I suck at, so Corinne's almost always right about that. So you I drove have a banjo on your knee. <laughs> I thought we fired him from the show. <laughs> I thought I did too, but I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so I, I, I did drive up to Michigan. I met with him personally. I showed him and his team how the site would work. I showed him the numbers on how he would not poach his print sales. Anyway, I basically proved to him he was going to make money. So he, he signed on. I said, "Well, well, I've got you in a good mood." I've got this crazy idea that I think would be a lot of fun. And I said, I think I could expose the setting of Rifts to generations of gamers that have only heard of it but haven't played. And, are, and you know they're not necessarily going to come to it from this perspective, but I could bring them in from Savage Worlds. And he said, sure, let's talk. Let's make it happen. And it was really that easy. I mean, it was because I'd always been respectful. I'd been a good friend. The problem is so many people either came to him and said, you have to do this because it would be awesome and we'll make lots of money. But they said it in a way that didn't show any kind of respect. Or they went for the whole forgiveness instead of permission, which does not fly with him at all. If you don't get permission, you won't get forgiveness, and he'll tell you stop. But also, you know, realize, you know, like Kevin, like the rest of us, we've all grown older, we've all grown wiser, you know, and he certainly mellowed. So this was just a good time for him to explore some new opportunities. He really respects Shane and what Shane's done with Pinnacle. He's respected the stuff that I've done. So we were the right people to ask at the right time. Mm-hmm. So it was as simple as that. Nice. Since you mentioned it, um, we'll ask it now. Matthew asks, uh, he comments first, longtime Rifts fan and lover of Suzerain and Savage Worlds. Question, how are the two damage types being dealt with? Stand- structural damage capacity and mega damage capacity? Well, it's a different game system. So being that it is Savage Worlds, we are dealing with damage as per the Savage Worlds rules, straight up. People have toughness. You know, They wear armor. You know, Weapons do damage. They're compared to the toughness. None of that changes. We had a perfect mechanic already in place. Now, the day I got Kevin to say yes to this, by the way, you know, a couple of phone calls were made while I was driving home through Ohio, and one of the first ones was to Clint Black. And he's like, oh my god, oh my god. So after we got over the fanboying part, we started talking about it. And of course, right off the bat, we talked about, well, you know, obviously Mega Damage is heavy, heavy weapons and MDC is, is heavy armor. But having said that, then we challenged ourselves, all of us involved in the project, to beat the hell out of that idea and make sure it actually worked in a satisfying way understanding what mega damage meant to people and all that kind of stuff. And because Savage Rifts, you know, or I should say Savage Worlds, is not a hit point-oriented game, treating the damage in that way was never going to work. So we, we went around there in that. We went around and around. Is it heavy weapons and then mega weapons? And we did all these different experiments. So, I mean, we went the short way and said, this is obviously the answer. And then we said, forget that. And we went the round, the round the long way. And ultimately, we were satisfied to do that. In light of that, we also decided that because it was such a different paradigm, we no longer had to require all weapons to be mega damage weapons, and we no longer had to require all armor to be MDC capacity armor. Well, actually, that's redundant. MDC is mega damage capacity. But anyway, 
we went with the and and, and uh, I think it was Ross. I'm pretty sure it was Ross that coined the phrase. Um, if it walks like a tank and talks like a tank, it's a tank. Sounds like either Ross or John. No, it was actually either Ross or me. <coughs> I just can't remember anymore because it's all been very collaborative. But the point is, you know, Shane and I also went around and he's like, look, you know, can I play a character who's wearing leathers and a spear and jump out at some guy? And if I can't hurt anybody, does that does it really feel like Savage Worlds? The challenge has always been to make it a game that is both Rifts and Savage Worlds. So every decision has been made to make sure both of those felt right. And in this case, we decided it was better to err on the Savage Worlds mentality. Yes, a guy with a spear should be able to jump out of the trees and attack a dead boy, uh, which is their standard, your stormtrooper, and have a chance of killing him. And the only way that worked is if the guy in the spear had to happen to have a mega damage spear for some reason. And we just didn't feel like that was the way to go. And ultimately, through playtest and design, we've determined that Laser weapons are cool, and they do laser damage. There are some heavy weapons that have the snapfire penalty because they're heavy weapons. They can do mega damage. You know, we just divvied it up, kind of. And I said, if it's if it's a tank, it's going to have tank armor. If it's not, it's not going to have tank armor. And the only real difference here, and the reason it works, is that if I shoot you with a, a heavy weapon, which is a mega damage weapon in Savage Rifts, it's not going to do any more damage to you than it will to the Glitter Boy. It's just it can hurt the Glitter Boy. So that's the difference. Excellent. Okay, so uh, I had one that kind of jumped out at me. That So Owen uh, wants to know, uh, how will OCC and RCC skills be handled? Well, skills are skills in Savage Worlds, and we did not change the skill paradigm whatsoever. We didn't see the need to. Again, this is a Savage Worlds game, ultimately, and that's who we're, you know, that, that's, it's going to be Savage Worlds players. If people want the Palladium-style skill system, then they should play the Palladium game, and it's still a fine, awesome game. So with the fact that Savage Worlds has a much shallower skill list, that will be a different adjustment for players coming in from Rifts. But again, those are two fine game systems. Play the one that best suits your your interests. We think the shallower skill list really works well for Savage Worlds regardless of setting, and it stays true here. Shooting is shooting is shooting. Fighting is fighting is fighting. Repair is a cool skill to have for fixing things and so on. Now, with that in mind, you're talking about RCCs and OCCs. Of course, we're not doing that because there's no classes. It's not a class-level system. However, because there are such iconic concepts out of Rifts, it was ultimately absolutely necessary to represent them. There had to be a way to do a Glitter Boy. There had to be a way to do a Juicer, a Crazy. All of these guys, the Leyline Walkers, the Mind Melters, they needed to be, you know, it wasn't Rifts if you didn't have them. And the only way to do them, as we decided, was to do what we call the Iconic Framework. So the Iconic Framework takes the place of your OCC, Occupational Character Class, it also will take the place of RCC. So, for example, if someone wants to play a dragon, that will ultimately be another iconic framework, which is a front-loaded set of abilities that can include skills. If there's a skill or set of skills that are inherent to being that character, then the iconic framework will start with that. For example, today, uh, John here, uh, who's, who's at the table with us, he played our, our Techno Wizard. And Techno Wizards have something called Required Knowledge, which is a set of skills they must have, and they just start with that as part of their package. So that's how we're handling that direct answer to that question. But again, there's the whole front load of, you know, on top of I just build a basic Savage Worlds character, I get a bunch of additional stuff uh, on top of me. So these novices are not the same as a novice, for example, in Shintar or Deadlands or Rippers or something like that. They're mighty novices, very, very mighty novices. And they're going to start with probably lower skills. For, to a degree, but that's fine because there's your, your room for growth. I may be the guy walking around with a gun that can blow satellites out of the sky, but I'm not fantastic with everything, and so there's where I could spend my level ups is you know my skills. For example, with being the glitter boy, 
So that's that's how we approach that. So Jonathan M, Curtis L, and Kevin E basically ask, um, due to the expansive megaverse that's Palladium Rifts and the sheer amount of splat books available, uh, will there be a method included in the Rift system that will allow us to do conversions of the material? Or do you plan to convert material and release splat books? Um, will it be a conversion guide? Or uh, how many published adventures will can be converted? Okay. Um, all that kind of stuff. So, so we're not going to do... Con- conversion is the wrong word. Yeah, I was going to say that. You don't you don't convert in Savage Worlds. Right. So what we are trying to do is present some, what, what we feel is the most core and important stuff first. And then we will start presenting other books. We will look for ways to thematically connect products uh, in a way that we feel expands up from where we started. So we start in North America. We start with the Tomorrow Legion as our adventuring paradigm. We start with the classic iconics from the original Core Rifts book. And then we kind of spread to some of the earlier books. Um, you know, but for the bad guys, we take all the wealth of information out there, and we, we pull pieces that we feel have become part of the, the iconic uh, landscape, and that GMs are really going to want early on if they're running adventures in in the Midwest part of North America. And then we'll continue to expand out from there. We are not trying to create a tool set for others to convert. However, having said that, once you have a handle on how we did things with this core material. It would be extremely easy for you to reverse engineer your, your own thoughts. I mean, players do this all the time anyway. People take Savage Worlds, then they look at another setting or another intellectual property. You know, I don't. There's like 12 really awesome Savage Star Wars properties out there, for example. I mean, they're not official. They can't be. But they're, you know, the Savage Worlds system handles Star Wars. You just have to figure out a way to interpret. And that's the right way. Translation and interpretation. Those are the words you want to use. You know, you want to find out how things work, and then you want to create for yourself. So if there's something that we haven't put out right away, that you're just, oh, man, I really, really wanted that, you, once you feel comfortable with how you see things working, will be able to figure out, because that's the kind of system that Savage Worlds is. It's extremely easy for those who feel comfortable with it to craft their own ideas and build their own stuff. Now, we, I think we pointed the way with a lot of initial material, but we're not... You're going to be in the business of trying to just absolutely recreate every book or every little thing, and you know we won't get there. So there's going to be plenty of reason to continue buying Rifts books, if nothing else, for the source material and for the ideas to then, oh, okay, now how am I going to build this in Savage Worlds? You know, we'll get there. We, we, the, the line is expected to be quite long, um, and we're going to go with you know both our instincts and what fans are calling for. We'll be paying attention. So if there's a lot of fans saying, hey, we really want to see this, that will be something we'll see go in a book. So that's kind of how that's going to go. But in the meantime, those who are are feeling comfortable with Savage Worlds, you granted, this is probably the most over-the-top, gonzo, and involved presentation of any Savage Worlds material you're going to find, but it's layered on top of initial designs, right? The core ideas are still there, so it really won't be hard to figure out how to go the next step if you like really want to do that... Uh, Cosmonite, and we haven't gotten to the Cosmonites yet. Uh, of course, my experience, that's still just a bad idea, but you could find it a way to do that it was still playable and balanced, and eventually, if we do get around to doing one of those, we'll probably do a little more of what we consider a balanced version. We love you, Kevin, but those things were just awful. <laughs> so Stan P. wants to know, uh, and I, I played one of these today, a juicer, he wants to know how you're going to handle juicers. Are they going to be assigned an arcane background with specific dedicated abilities, or is there another way they're going to be handled? Well, as we said, we're using the iconic framework kind of thing. So, you know, arcane backgrounds will not be used to do everything. In this case, the way we and believe me, we explored that. We explored the idea of using arcane backgrounds for everything, but it didn't go far enough, and it didn't really give the right flavor, the right feel. 
So we were inspired by some of the stuff that you know is in Superpowers Companion, but we didn't directly crib from that either. We just used it as a foundation. We also used a lot of stuff out of Sci-Fi Companion as foundational ideas. But as, as we discussed, juicers are an iconic framework. So they start with a set of abilities that are inherent to all juicers. And now we also have iconic edges. So there are edges you can take that are specific to an iconic framework. So there's juicer edges. As we discovered today, you have a burn rating. So your ticking clock is a more amorphous thing that is under the player's control to a degree. You know, that late rating can continue to go down. You roll your burn die recession, and at some point you sense the end is coming, and you decide, okay, today's the day I'm going to die because today's a good day to die and going out in a blaze of glory. That's what juicers are all about. And we've made that a real thing. But the cool thing is that juicers, for example, have additional iconic edges they can take as level-ups to further themselves, which are additional cool things they can do with their burn. So they can use their life force to be even more mega and more epic and more gonzo. And that's one example. You know, Crazy is the same thing. They've got their own they've got their own core abilities, and then they can take edges to expand on that. Leyline Walker, same thing. They start with a certain number of things that are really wrapped around ley lines, and then they have additional edges to, to expand on you know their mastery and their expertise, and so on and so forth. So we examined the, the arcane background, but it didn't go far enough with where we needed to go to take it to the epic, you know, this one goes to 11 level that this game demand. Graham M. and Morgan S. ask, What's the plan for addressing old favorites like the Vampire Knights, Triax, Northern, I'm sorry, Vampire Kingdoms, Triax, Northern Gun, Sidisix, uh, and all the rest? Yeah, they're there. They're they're absolutely they're they're pretty front loaded on our list of stuff. You will see Zeta Six in the Savage Foes of North America book, which is the third of the three core books that we have coming. You will see at least uh, a wild vampire in the monster section for that. And in Vampire Kingdoms, because of their proximity to where we set, you know, the Tomorrow Legion, that'll be one of the early things that we treat and, and deal with. Uh, it's it's a it's a popular, it's favorite, and, and we will definitely go there. Northern Gun. Yeah, you're going to see organization-oriented kind of stuff where people can get more cool gear and equipment, and, and we're just going to have to find the right way. Some things are going to be better presented in an adventure, and some things are going to be better presented in a source book. We're still feeling our way forward with that, but you know, because of the, the, the nature of, of Savage Worlds um, books and, and what Savage Worlds players are looking for, you know, we have to find the right way to get the information into their hands. So if something looks, works better as an antagonist, then it's going to you know, be an antagonist-slash-scenario-oriented kind of thing. It's going to go better as a source book of material and, and items and weapons. The thing is, you know, we also are looking at uh, the fact that, you know, is there, you know, how many more guns can we really do? Because they're all, they're all going to start end up looking the same. You know, the, the, the way Savage Worlds works, there's a lot of directions you can go with guns, but not the same number of directions you can go with games that tend to go a little further afield with that. So... We want to make sure we're not glutting with more than is needed for a particular type of thing. So we're not going to recreate a bunch of information that's already out there, too. So all the story cool stuff about Northern Gun, for example, you should just get the Northern Gun book. And then we will supplement that with actual rules material you know, through one means or another so that it, you have the Savage Worlds version of what you absolutely need. All right, so Gustavo wanted to know, he says... Uh, Savage Worlds is a fairly balanced system and tends to crank out starting characters who may possess differing skill sets but are usually very similar in terms of general power level. <laughs> uh, now, Rifts never cared a shred about game balance, and the end result was parties that included extraordinary superheroic PCs like Dragons, Glitter Boys, and Mind Melders, as well as normals like Vagabonds, Rogue Scholars, and Wilderness Scouts. How does the Savage Worlds 
version handle this sort of started characters? Right. So we agree that Savage Worlds works better when the characters are on a more even playing field. That doesn't mean they have to look all the same. In fact, there's one of the things I was thrilled about our run today. You know, uh, Chris Landauer made the observation that each of the characters was uniquely capable and had abilities and special things that made them cool and different from everybody else, but at the same time, they were all easily in the same playing field. Yeah, I didn't feel like any one of these characters was outshining anyone else. And I'm very, very thrilled with that. So to that point, for example, and, and we handle this directly with the iconic frameworks, uh, there's an iconic framework in the core rules called MARS, which stands for Mercenaries, Adventurers, Rogues, and Scholars, which is your rogue scientist, your vagabond, your city rat, your wilderness scout, and all those kinds of characters. So Wendy's character was a Texas Ranger from Deadlands, and she had some cool abilities because of that, but she was not a juicer or a glitter boy or any of those things. So she didn't have any of those power things. But what she had was a variation on you know a unique vehicle, which is one of the cool things the Mars characters can get. They get rolls on special tables that nobody else gets. They get 20 points of experience, whereas everybody else is starting at zero. So if everyone was starting at 20, she would have started with 40 and okay. so on. The Mars characters get more experience, so they're more capable. They've got more skills. You know, they get you know the integrated you know holistic level ups that make them more integrated characters, and they get roles on these very special charts that nobody gets access to. Potentially, really awesome weapons and special things like that. And we did the same thing. So you know, there's we we set it up. So here's how to do a city rat, and the city rat got city rat will get a certain number of special things. Okay. Plus, he or she will get roles on these special tables. And, and that kind of thing. The Rogue Scholar will get, you know, rolls on the special tables and a certain set of things. Then there's the Create Your Own. So we went the extra step of, you know, you can take one of the classic, more skilled, less uber-boom OCCs in the core book, or you can just make one of your own. And you just, here's a set of things you can take, and, you know, you get the ch- your choice of which one of those things. And then you also get to roll on the really cool special tables. You also get more rolls on the Hero's Journey tables, which everybody gets access to. And so basically, there's really cool ways to do that. And again, we saw today that uh, the 20 experience point Texas Ranger who didn't have the juicer abilities or the Cybernine abilities or the Techno Wizard abilities was just as awesome as anybody else. Yeah, because she became a tank gunner. Well, yeah, and, and she had her robot horse, which was running around doing all kinds of cool stuff, like translating into German. Well, yeah, that's a whole other. Thing. You got to listen to the game to figure that one out. God. Um, but in the standard one that I run as well, the Tomorrow Legion one, which is more traditional, there is a Glitter Boy, there is a Juicer, there is a, a Wilderness Scout. And one of the ones is a Wilderness Scout. Mm-hmm. Wilderness Scout, it ultimately comes up with, within somewhere in the top three of the body count. Compared, you know, you've got a Glitter Boy and a Combat Cyborg and a, a you know, Mind Melter, and yet the Wilderness Scout, because what the Wilderness Scout is, you know, take cover. So Savage Worlds Rules also supports this to a great, great degree, too. They'll be able to you know, shoot and then move and take cover. If you play the character right, you know, he's sniping people, he's throwing grenades at people, he is do, doing all kinds of awesome things, and he's not drawing the same fire that a combat cyborg or a, a leyline walker is because he's just not as overt. So there are ways to play those characters, which is also true in the original Risk, but in this case, because of the access to the cool tables and the extra armor and the modifications they can make to their armor or their weapons and all these other cool things that other, the other characters don't get... The Wilderness Scout can also stand up toe-to-toe if he has to. And same thing with the Rogue Scholar and all those others. They're going to be a little more beefy. They're going to be a little more interesting. Yes, this is a balance-oriented approach, and we felt it was the right way for Savage Worlds players. So here's a, a good one. Which settings, this is from uh, Sean M., which settings would you recommend for a GM to run players through prior to Savage Rifts that would set them up well for transitioning into Rifts? Wow. Okay, that is a good one. 
any of the ones that has magic, because you're going to want to be sure that you're playing with the magic system and the basic how the arcane backgrounds work. So I'd say definitely Deadlands or Rippers is a good set, you know, a, a good one there. Uh, you really want to have a handle on the technology too. So last parsec from the sci-fi standard of things, and if you include psionics and last parsec, then you're covering both your bases. You understand how arcane backgrounds work. You understand all the cool technology. You're used to weapons with long ranges and, and heavy damage capacity because sci-fi stuff really handles that pretty well. For the really gonzo stuff, you might want to grab some of the necessary evil, you know, either original or the new one that just came out, and, and run some supers too. Now. That's an iffy one because the way the characters are built and run in the Supers game is different than what you're going to feel or see in the Savage Rifts one. You're going to see some some similarities. The Supers characters are also front-loaded. This one is we felt comfortable going with this heavy front load because you've still got a novice character that you build, but then you buy these superpowers that you layer on top of the character. So that was the main inspiration for how we went forward with Savage Rifts. We just did it a little more structured. So a Glitter Boy doesn't start with a random you know, or, or wide array of superpowers. He starts with a Glitter Boy suit and the specific things that go with that. The Juicer is a super soldier with a certain set of abilities and so on. Whereas in Savage Supers, you're kind of all over the map. But for playing on that overpowered level, I'd say you know start with a Deadlands and or a, a Last Parsec or a Rippers or something like that. Make sure you're playing with the magic and the psionic stuff. And then if you really, you know, want to try, okay, so what does it look like when I'm firing gigantic guns or using huge or strange powers, also try to check out the super stuff. Nice. Yeah, and you know, we should also mention, like, in today's game, we had, in addition to the settings I already mentioned, we had a Shine Tar character. Yep. The uh, Weird Wars 1 character. Uh, a cursed character showed up. Shintar actually is a really strong one, too. Oh, and I'll tell you why. One, because there's tons of magic. The characters do tend to be a little bit more, you know, over the top, even than in a typical uh, Savage setting. And... If you play in the Shintar setting at the higher levels, the high magic stuff I came up with for you know the more epic legendary characters was a major inspiration for the mega trappings for how we did how we jumped because we had to jump magic up too. Right, we had guns that could blow satellites out of the sky. We had to have magic to do some pretty big stuff too. So you guys got to see some of the mega trapping stuff that Corinne was using with her Mystic, which is basically the effect. The, the general effect is pay twice as much power points to make it work, and you get effectively double effect or some other uber effect. And that all was originally inspired by the high magic approach to Shintar. So really, Shintar is a pretty good setting for that uh, as well because you know there's there are lots of edges and cool stuff going on. So that, that's another good one. And these aren't Blender systems, but Necropolis 2350 has kind of like the sci-fi horror, the future tech, kind of grimdark. Yeah, um, it's an older one. But yeah, yeah, it's older. And Interface 2.0 has got mecha, psionics, cyberware. So you, know, you can't find anything that mimics Rifts because Rifts is you know, it's, its own beast, but... There's, there are plenty of Savage World settings out there you can mix There's also Suzerain for... Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Suzerain goes some pretty... Picking big, anywhere. Pretty, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Suzerain will give you the multi-genre stuff out So, uh, I think Dorian, I think, is he going to be our last one? Because I think he's got a couple questions, and then the final question, I think, uh, is his number one question. Well, well, no, well, let's ask Clive's question first, because this is a kind of an off-the-wall question. I miss Clive. A really bizarre question. Yes. Um, the uh, Clive LS comments, I've played a lot of RPGs in the 80s and the early 90s, and Rifts had an amazing setting. I've always wondered why no one has taken up the idea for a tabletop skirmish game. Endless number of different miniatures. Any chance there will be miniatures or figure flats with the Rifts Kickstarter? Miniatures are not part of our deal. Miniatures are exclusively uh, a, a Palladium thing. Kevin is very involved in that. Obviously, when he's doing the miniatures, they will be awesomely useful for the Savage version or the the classic Rose version. But that's that's all his ball. That's all his uh, Bollywood. All right. So so Dorian. So we'll finish up with this. He's got three questions. 
on here. First one is, are you using new artwork? Uh, are you pulling from the Riffs Palladium books? So usually when you're involved with an IP, one of the awesome things you can do, of course, is reuse the art. However, Kevin, and, and this is not a bad thing, uh, Kevin left the rights with his artists, which means we would have had to recontract. And the costs and involvement and all that was such that it was just as well for us to have a chance to add new art to the incredible Melu that is Riff's art. Pinnacle is famous for doing really good art, and they have a hell of a uh, uh, stable of artists. And I can't, I can't wait for you guys to see some of this stuff. It is really amazing, phenomenal, and it Does gives us a chance to you even know, come close to doing justice. So add some 2016, you know, Pinnacle level, you know, art to the library, and. I, I won't forget the last day of Gen Con this last year. Shane took me, Ross, and Aaron Acevedo, and the four of us walked around the dealer room for a while. And the thing we were looking for was the original Deadlands cover. Not specifically it, but we were looking for art that evoked the emotions of that cover. That was one of the most amazing, evocative, unforgettable pieces ever. And Shane said something as important as the first Savage Rifts book had to be in that same thing. We really had to shoot for that, shoot for the moon. We have a piece that we think is going to knock people away. And it's, you know, the classics for, you know, this is to like have a bunch of guys, you know, a bunch of characters, you know, and they're being attacked by a bunch of stuff. And that's what you, you want to show off all the things. And we have a piece that we did. The original one we did was that. And you will see it. And it's beautiful and amazing. It's got a, a female cyber knight. And she looks incredible. And she doesn't, she's not cheesecake, right? It's just, she's just awesome. You know, there's a combat cyborg choking a, a dead boy off to the side, and then Leyline Walker standing there, and there's the dead boys coming in, and there's a rift behind. It's beautiful, and it's rifts. But it's the typical composition for a book like that. And Shane challenged us to try for something that stood more just boom, like the like Stone, right? Just standing there looking out at you with his gun. We wanted that, and we have it. The description won't really give too much away because you just got to see it. There's a juicer. Could be a crazy, but it's probably a juicer. She's standing on the cracked chest of a UAR-1 Enforcer, which is one of the coalition's giant, oh my god, robots, where she's taken and she's holding her chainsword, her great chainsword. It's obvious she just cut this thing up and there's like the ruins of the city around her. She's looking at it, the reader, and she's doing the come get me. Nice. In the, in the, in the cool hero pose. And it is so powerful. I am getting chills just thinking about it. I'm really very proud of that. We wanted to, to knock it out of the park. Yes, we could have reused a bunch of art. And people would, oh, okay, cool. But we were like, man, this is too important. Let's do new. Right. Let's do new, all color, the layout, man. I mean, we've gone round and round and round on the interiors and layout. People wonder what's taking so long. It's because we are determined we are going to do this right. We want to knock this so far out of the park. We want everybody you only have one shot to get it right the first time. We want everyone to go, oh, my God, this is so incredible. So the design work has been done for a while. You know, I'm very, very pleased. Everybody seems to be happy with it. But now we want to get everything else right, which includes all the art, which... Kevin's very involved, very, very involved. And he has been very specific. Look, and that's not what the fans are going to expect. So we need to change that so it's better. It's been a back and forth. It's been a very collaborative process. But, yes, we're doing the new art, and we're proud to be doing so. We think it's the right way to go. And uh, his other question is, which timeline are you using? Well, I mean, there's, there is pretty much the main timeline, right? Uh, we are starting in 109 PA, and we're going with it's uh, about six months after the fall of Tolkien. So the whole siege of Tolkien thing has happened. Up ahead is the whole battles of the various hells thing coming with the devils and the and the demons and all that kind of stuff. You know, we're letting Kevin kind of get forward with all of that, and we're going to start with the six months after Tolkien. You know, the the, the adventure paradigm we came up with is 
the Tomorrow Legion, and they're based right there between northern northern Arkansas and southern Missouri, and so in between, uh, they're still in the wilderness, and you know they're dealing with all the refugees still coming out of the Battle of Tolkien and all that kind of stuff, and and that's what we're going to focus on is a group of people trying to help in the aftermath of that disaster, while at the same time trying to build a better world, and of course then they'll start facing all the challenges that come there. But you know that's that's where we are. We we started with Rift's Ultimate Edition, you know, we, we and we you know looked at everything that happened from that point up to just after Tolkien, and that's where we are. Okay, so and I think this is a good one to, to end on. Where can folks follow the process of what's going on? And he does specifically say, if you're using Facebook, is there an alternative source? Okay, so the best places in plural. I, I post frequently on Facebook. That is true, and that is where where you'll you'll get a, a lot going on with me. However, there is the Pinnacle Entertainment forums. That is a fantastic place to get involved. So, you know, get an account on the forums. It's one of the best gaming-related forums there is. People there are nice. You find out information. Everyone's there and involved. So that's a great place as well. If you haven't subscribed to the Pinnacle newsletter, you should do so and make sure you're getting that in your inbox because that will, of course, announce anything that's going on. Rest assured, if you follow me anywhere at all, you will know the moment we're doing anything like with releases and stuff because I am not quiet about this kind of right. stuff. So I have seanspickoftheday.com. Uh, S-E-A-N-S-P-I-C-K-O-F-T-H-E-D-A-Y. So Sean'sPickOfTheDay.com. And I, I do announcements about all kinds of stuff, you know, games coming out, stuff like that. But trust me, it'll pop up there the moment that we launch because that's my site and I will. If you follow me at all on Google+, Plus, uh, yeah, you'll find out there because it'll, it'll burst out. You know, the Savage Worlds community is a good place to keep right. an eye on, on Google. If you're, if you're a Google person, keep an eye on the Savage Worlds community because you guys will know the, the day, the moment right. the stuff launches. Savage so Cast. If they follow you, we'll let you they're going to know because you guys get the inside track anyway. Watch my Twitter. I, don't, I really don't do anything but announce game stuff on Twitter, so you'll, you'll catch it there. So I'm, I'm on those. I'm not a Reddit guy. I'm not a Pinterest or Instagram. I just There's too much, right? Twitter... I barely understand. Google and Facebook I get, but uh, my site, you know, sure. And then the Pinnacle site is a, a good place. So those are your, your, those are your best bets. Excellent. And, Sean, if you've done a Pinnacle Kickstarter before, do you think they'll send out a note? Oh, yeah. If you've, if you've yeah, because, you know, he won't spam all of them, but like the most recent ones. So Rippers, Weird Wars 1, I don't think those are the two most recent ones. You know, they'll, they'll certainly get the announcement there. Great. It'll be hard to miss. This thing was listed on EN World as the most anticipated game of 2016. EN World will be talking about it when it happens because I'm on EN World as a writer for them too. So there's another place. So, so you, you guys, you, you won't miss out. You'll know. You'll have plenty of time. You're going to know when this when this comes out. So and it's sooner than you think. Yeah. 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 So it will be this year, and he said the words. It was sooner than you think. Thank you so much, Sean, for taking some time to talk with us. Thanks for running us through the game today. Listeners, we'll probably split the game into two parts. This was a Uh, a long one. I I don't run small games. It it ran ran a little long, so we'll probably split it into two parts. So you know you'll have even more to look forward to. Until next time, thanks for listening, and hail savages. Hail savages. Hail savages. All right. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed the interview. Just wanted to let you know that in upcoming episodes, uh, we're going to be bringing you some special guest hosts from the Rocky Mountain Savages. So look for that. And thank you all for listening to Savage Cast Episode 4. You can find us at SavageCast.com, on Facebook, G+, 
Twitter, and via email at uproar at savagecast.com. Thanks again for listening and reviewing us on iTunes. And we wouldn't be an episode if we didn't end with Hail Savages. Hail Savages!